be honest here. Do the letters S-E-O kind of freak you out a little bit? Does it, I don't know, make your eyes glaze over? Does it make you want to, like, maybe wash the dishes or mow the lawn or literally do anything else than try to figure out? Yep, me too. And I say that knowing a little something about it. After having nerded out on it for the last two to three years, it still has me feeling overwhelmed with all of the different facets that go into it. From the technical side of SEO, to the content side of it, to the marketing side of it, to the ever-changing algorithms, there is no better word to describe SEO than overwhelm. But I also know the incredible power of this strategy. If you can figure this out even a little bit, it actually pays dividends over a longer period of time, which is why it is a strategy that my team and I are leaning into way more than social media a strategy we're le- leaning into for both our podcast and our business for Cap Show. And if I'm going to be completely honest, it's something I really enjoy learning more about from experts. Yep, nerd alert. It's just so fascinating once you start to pull the layers back and when it actually starts making sense bit by bit. And the great thing is that on today's episode, I have invited someone on who can help us start to figure SEO, SEO out from the beginning to get those fundamentals right. This is the first step. If you can nail the three pillars of this particular SEO strategy that Jason Bernard from CaliCube will be taking us through on this episode, you're actually setting yourself up really well to take advantage of the power of search engines of Google. My name is Deidre Shen, CEO and co-founder of Capture, the fastest way to market and grow your podcast. And this is the Grow My Podcast Show. Hi, I'm Jason Barnard. I'm the Brand SERP guy. I specialize in how your brand appears on Google, how you can project your ideal brand message on Google in the case of podcasting. That's both the host and the podcast itself. You may be wondering, just like I was, exactly how someone decides to get into this particular line of work. I was pitching for work as an SEL consultant. And when I talked to clients, they would Google my name. And I realized very quickly that it was showing Jason Barnard is a cartoon blue dog because I was in a cartoon a few years ago and Google had understood that. So it was presenting me as this cartoon blue dog. And obviously from a professional perspective, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't get the clients on board. And so I thought, well, why is Google misrepresenting me today by presenting me through my past? And I figured out the recipe, let's say, to make sure that Google presents me the way I want it to today. This is actually a very important point that Jason highlights. Too many of us are really passive on Google. We'll just let it do its thing and keep our fingers crossed that it picks up the right information about us and portrays us portrays who we are and what we do in the right way. I know that I was certainly like that. And what I'm really excited about is how Jason is going to break it down for us. What to do instead so that we can be deliberate and intentional with all our content, including our podcast, so that Google picks up exactly what it is that we want it to pick up about us. So let's get straight into that, shall we? What is the first pillar of his strategy on getting the type of visibility that you want on Google? 
The first one is understanding. You need Google to understand who you are and what you offer and to whom. Because what it wants to do is match the audience that it has or the users it has to what you have to offer. So topicality is hugely important. I've got a friend called Kore Gubur, who's a, a Turkish SEO. He analyzes Google's algorithms and patents. And Google has actually developed a system whereby it's called shards and it's terribly geeky and I won't go into the details, but it splits the world into topics. So if you're not topically clear, you're going to get lost in the years to come. So the idea I need to cover as many topics as possible is completely false today. You need to stick on topic, make sure that as Google says you're an expert, your authority and you're trustworthy within your own topic. So expertise within your topic is hugely important. That understanding as well goes from who am I as a host? What is my podcast as a thing? Because because it's a thing. It's something that Google can grasp and understand. What is each episode within that podcast series? What are we talking about and to whom are we talking? So it becomes very important, not only to stick on topic, but also to invite the right people, the people who are actually experts in the field, who can bring their expertise and Google will understand that they are bringing their expertise. So we end up in a situation whereby as a host, you're looking for guests who are already recognized experts. And we're going to end up in a situation where breaking in to the field as an expert is going to become increasingly difficult because we're all going to be looking for the established experts because they bring more value in terms of Google's understanding about what we're offering to its users. And you have to remember that those are Google's users. They might be potentially our audience, but we're asking Google to recommend us to its users, and it will. Google's aim is to get its users to the solution to their problem as efficiently as possible. So you end up in a situation where we're saying to Google, where can I solve a user's problem? And Google will then recommend us if it if it is A, a understood, which is that first initial point. Wow, there are so many nuggets Jason just dropped. Did you pick up on them? Gone are the days when we can keep being broad with our messaging. To be fair, I don't think that there was a time when that really worked at all. But if you know that you may be guilty of this, even just a little bit, then this is where it is not serving you to keep being all things to all people. You have to understand who your audience is and what they care about. It's only when you understand that a machine like Google will understand. Does that make sense? And I know what you might be thinking. What if you are very clear about who you serve? There's deep understanding there, but you know that this who needs a lot of things, right? For example, if you listened to my episode with Ray Sean a couple of weeks ago, you might know that he's very, very clear about exactly who it is he's serving for his Motivate, Grind, Succeed podcast. And in serving this person, he knows very well that there are four things that they care about, faith, fellowship, finance, and fitness. And Rachel, and if you're listening to this, I hope you don't mind, but I asked Jason a question on your and many others' behalf. Does it serve us from an SEO perspective to be talking about multiple things, having these multiple pillars? Even if all these things are important to the exact person that you're serving, can it work from an SEO perspective? What this person has is finance, fitness, and faith. And it sounds really good to me as a person. I've just remembered it. You said it to me once and I've remembered it. So... From a marketing perspective and from a human perspective, makes total sense. And I'm I'm on board in terms of understanding what this person is talking about. And the FFF is actually really, really, really 
um, what's the word, attractive and helpful and memorable. But Google won't get it. It's three things that are so desperate, disparate, I think the word is, that Google's going to be saying, well, fitness, faith and finance have got nothing to do with each other. And I can't actually stick it into one of my, what I was calling earlier on, shards. I can't stick it into this column. And that creates a problem for Google is that it will be difficult for Google to understand that. And that's where multifacetedness comes in, is Google's huge problem is that it tends to be unifaceted in that it will look at you and say, you do one thing. And the idea that you might do two or three things equally well is incredibly difficult. And it, it would be unfair to Google to say, well, that's rubbish. Because as human beings, it's difficult for people to understand that I might be an accomplished musician, an accomplished author, an accomplished cartoon maker, and an accomplished digital marketer. They will say, well, which one are you? And he said, well, I'm actually all of them. So as human beings, I don't think we're necessarily much better than Google. The other thing is that Google is actually using machine learning, which gets better exponentially. So what's true today in a year's time, it's going to be even further advanced. So that multifaceted problem is today and not necessarily in two years. As Jason mentioned, talking about multiple things that aren't really related by way of topic, even if they are related by way of audience, doesn't quite serve us right now. But that's not to say with how quickly technology is changing that this will continue to be the case. So my take is that if SEO is a strategy that you really want to own, then you may want to think about focusing on just one topic right now so that Google can actually understand what it is that you do and what it is that you're an expert in. In fact, this is definitely a strategy I am personally going to lean into more and more. And as the search engines start to become more multifaceted, then it makes sense to then start to broaden out my messaging, as long as it still makes sense for my ideal audience, of course. So that is the first pillar of Jason's SEO strategy, understanding. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to head straight into Jason's second pillar of getting visible on Google. Yo, what's going on? This is Vinny Padestivo, host of I Have a Podcast. And I want you to meet every podcasting entrepreneur's best friend, Capshow, the fastest way to market and grow your podcast. An AI-powered podcast copywriter, Capshow turns your episode audio files into an episode title, a description, show notes, social media captions, emails, a blog post, a LinkedIn article, curated quotes, a YouTube description, and a full transcript in under 10 minutes. So you can reach more people on more platforms in a lot less time with your podcast. In fact, Capshow was created by marketers. So every piece of copy it writes is designed to hook your audience in and have them pressing play ASAP. So try Capshow for free. It's at www.capsho.com. Sign up takes less than 30 seconds and there is no credit card required. Head to capshow.com and sign up for a free trial today. already been learning so much from Jason Barnard from CaliCube, who could probably talk about all things SEO into next week. In fact, we've covered the first pillar of his SEO strategy, which is understanding. Google needs to understand what it is that we do and what it is that we talk about. And I'm really excited to now get into his second pillar for SEO. Secondly, it thinks we're credible. 
a credible solution, which means reviews, it means positive user feedback, it means getting the experts on, it means becoming authoritative in our field, once again, being incredibly topical. But we've moved from step one, which is understanding, to step two, which is credibility. So Google needs to understand what you have to offer episode by episode and topically within your entire podcast, who you are as a host, what you have to offer, why you're an expert. Then that comes into the credibility with, with the reviews. You're an expert, you're an authority, and you know what you're talking about, and you've got the right guests. So that's the two first points. Okay, wow. Let's break these down a little because there's so much going on here with credibility. As Jason was explaining this, I had so many questions come to mind because it seems like there's a lot that goes into credibility here. For example, I know having spoken to some of you that you have a very full podcasting schedule because you're perhaps saying yes to a lot of guest requests that come in. It sounds like if we are saying yes to a lot of guest requests, that we're actually doing ourselves a big disservice. By saying yes to everyone, we're actually not building credibility in the topic we want to be known for. Because the credibility that we're building also depends on their credibility. Does that make sense? So the first thing we can all do to really control credibility for ourselves is getting the right guests on. So how can we actually check and control this? Now, what I would do for you, Yes, all we actually do for my podcast is we search their name on Google. We see if there's a knowledge panel, which is the information panel on the right on desktop. If there isn't, they're not likely to be a very good guest from the Google perspective. They might be hugely interesting and they might be hugely great for my audience. But in terms of Google, Google simply won't understand who they are and they won't bring any value for the SEO. So if you want to be a guest on a podcast, you need the knowledge panel on the right hand side that indicates Google has understood who you are. It understands that you're an expert, it understands you're not and you get to the podcast. I'm bringing value and vice versa in terms of a podcast, I can bring you value as a guest by the fact that I have the knowledge panel on the right hand side when you search my podcast name. Therefore, when you appear on my podcast, I'm going to give you some of my credibility. So it's, it's a, it's an, a credibility swap in Google's eyes. And once again, Google isn't the most important platform right now for podcasters, but we're going that way. So it's a good time to start thinking about it. I'm sure that you're probably listening to this, perhaps also taking notes on what might make you a good guest on someone else's podcast too. I hope so. There's another aspect to building credibility that that Jason also mentions, reviews. What exactly does this mean and look like for us entrepreneurs who podcast? Apple defined their reviews by country. So if you get a review in the US, it will only show in the US. And if you get it in the UK, it will only show in the UK. And Google crawls from the US. So you immediately hit this problem with a lot of those reviews from a Google perspective, once again, a lot. Whereas something like Podmat or Podchaser or one of the other platforms will aggregate the reviews and therefore will show more to Google. But you also have to consider how Google crawls, how it looks at things. And Apple, although very powerful, actually cuts up your credibility from the review perspective into multiple chunks, which are potentially good from a geolocalized search perspective because Google is hugely geolocalized. If you search a name of somebody in one country, they will show you one person. If you search that same name in another country, they will show you some, somebody completely different. But from a crawling perspective, in terms of Google actually getting the information, it isn't that obvious, it isn't that simple. And Spotify is actually quite difficult for Google to crawl as well. Because Spotify is a great platform, but Google can struggle with Spotify from a crawling perspective. So you need to 
look at where you're getting the reviews, where you're located and where the most power will come from. And now what Google also does incredibly well is look at audiences geolocalized. So it'll look at who your audience is within the place that you're the most popular. So if you're in America, it would look at, let's say, Apple. But if you're in Australia, it might be looking at Spotify because Spotify is bigger than Apple in Australia. I'm making that up. I've got no idea. And so you need to consider not the, you know, all these people who say, oh, it has to be Apple. It doesn't have to be Apple. It depends on your country. In India, there's a, a, there's a platform, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's hugely powerful. And Google is paying attention to that platform in India and incredibly powerful for India more so than Apple. So you need to look at your local market, your local audience, and where Google is actually paying attention. What we do at CaliCube, we have a, a massive database. And what we do is push into our database names of podcasts or podcast hosts or companies or people. And we figure out in which country, which platforms and which social media, which websites are most important for that geo region, for that specific entity type. So person, podcast, music, album, company, whatever, and that industry. So if I'm a podcast in the marketing industry in the UK, the list of important sources for Google will be very different to a marketing podcast in the USA. And that's hugely important and paying attention to pushing the credibility signals on the correct platforms is the secret to making the least effort possible for the most benefit. Holy moly. Okay, so it makes a difference where you're getting your reviews and who you're getting reviews from. Have you been trying to say specifically target a US audience, but perhaps most of your, your reviews are from people in the UK? Sounds like this is actually going to make a difference. So this gives us a lot to think about. How do you think that you're going to get right, the right reviews on the right platforms for you to build credibility in the eyes of Google? I'd love to hear from you. So definitely let me know. Okay, so there are a couple of things Jason has gone into that determine our credibility with Google. One are the types of guests that we get on, that is swapping credibil credibility with our guests. And the second is reviews. And it makes a difference where we're collecting those reviews as well. Now, there was a third component that Jason mentioned in passing that also affects credibility, the publisher. So I asked Jason to go into more detail about what this means. Who exactly is the publisher and how can we use the publisher to increase our credibility with Google? The publisher, you're the host. That's great. Then you have a company that publishes. So the copyright holder, it might be you as a person, but it might also be your company. And you need to be really clear about that. And I think a lot of people think me and my company are the same thing. And you're not most of the time. You will have some kind of legal entity that represents the business side of what you're doing. If you're a professional podcaster, you are more than likely going to have a company and that company is publisher and you are the host. You might also be the owner of the company, but that's a distinction is you need to differentiate, differentiate yourself, excuse me, from your own company. And then you also rightly say the, the platforms, which is an aspect that is true about all SEO is Google will then look around and it will see what platforms you're on. With podcasting, it tends to be quite standardized. We all use more or less the same platform. Which is the principal platform? Is it your website? Is it Anchor? There are lots of other possible. Blueberry is another one, if I remember correctly. The principal platform is also going to be very important. And I would suggest that, and this is a general point about everything to do with digital footprints and digital 
brand management, personal company, or podcast, retain control of your own brand message by owning the property. Don't rent it. So rent an anchor or a blueberry is not for me the best idea long-term. It's a great solution to get you going. It can get you a really good kickstart. It can get you an advantage in Google short-term, but long-term you should be thinking, I need to own the platform where my podcast is appearing. I don't want to rent it. Have a website from which you then push the information out. So I could say Anchor is my primary platform, but I need my own website because if Anchor goes bankrupt, what happens? I lose it. I need Google to understand that my website is the, is the place to come back to the fallback place. So I don't need to push it as being the primary place that I send people. I can still send them to Anchor, but if Anchor co collapses tomorrow, I need Google to know where to come when, if that happens. And we call that in SEO, a term I coined, which is called entity home. An entity is a thing. So a podcast is a thing. You're a thing. Your company is a thing. I'm a thing. My company is a thing. And everything that Google is trying to understand, we come back to that idea again, needs a home. And that home should be owned and not rented, ideally. If you rent it, you're putting yourself in a situation where in the future, you might lose it but also you're putting yourself in a situation where you have incomplete control. If you own the entity home, you own the website, you own the domain name, you own it long-term, and you can also control completely how you're communicating to Google because Google will understand only if you communicate with it clearly. And it uses the entity home, that website that you own, as the, the point of reference for understanding you from which you can communicate. And that is the real power moving forwards is if you own the place that Google is looking to for information about your podcast or about yourself, you have control, you have power, and you can control what Google shows in terms of your branding when people are searching in and around your brand. Okay, I'm understanding this part. Essentially, we can still use a hosting platform to distribute our podcast, but you really actually need a podcast website that has its own domain name. So for example, if you're currently using your host's website capability, it is likely under their domain name, which you're renting. So such as if, you know, mine was at podbean.com slash show. Notice how the root domain is still podbean.com. You really need that to be your own domain name. And you can also have hosting platforms that allow you to host with them. We use Blueberry. So I use Blueberry, but I've got my own website. I could also use Blueberry and point my website to their hosting and have my whole website built within Blueberry, but use my own domain name. The important thing isn't the platform, it's the domain name. So my podcast with jasonbarnard.com, if I've got it on Blueberry, well, absolutely fine. I can go on with that for years and years. But the day I want to retain control or change something, Blueberry is limiting me in any way. I can just move the domain and completely retain control. But if I'm using blueberry.com slash Jason Barnard slash I don't have the control. I can't move it away. I'm tied into this rented space. The domain name is always going to be the most important in the sense that you can always point everything back to it and you will retain any power you've built up. Whereas if you point to Blueberry or Anchor, you're losing that power as soon as you move away. So the domain, I would say focus on that. It doesn't matter where you're actually hosted and where the website is built as long as the domain belongs to you because then you retain absolute control. Okay, wow. I am learning so, so much from Jason. How are you doing? How are you taking all of this in? 
Have you been taking notes as he's been talking? I really, really hope so. Because we are now going to get into the third pillar of his SEO strategy. The third one is suitability. And suitability is from the perspective of Google. And I think it's important for all these three points to look at it from the perspective of Google. It's what's Google looking for. It's deliver the best possible solution to its user's problem as efficiently as possible. It's as simple as that. And you need to have it understand what you have to offer, understand that you're the most credible solution, and also provide the solution in the format that makes the most sense for Google's user in the circumstances they find themselves. So from a podcast perspective, you're immediately saying, we need an audio audience, an audience that's looking for audio content. Now, if you have just an audio podcast, you're immediately at a disadvantage here because Google tends to focus on video. So its order of priority is text, video, audio. And that is based on its user's usage rather than its own preferences. So if somebody is looking for how to cook a meal, they would be looking at how to cook roast pork. I would be looking for texts that I could read. I don't want to watch somebody cooking pork. I want to read about how I can do it. But then if I'm looking, I, I did this the other day, how to, to set up a green screen. I need a video because I want to see somebody do it because I want to see all the silly things that I'm going to get wrong if I don't actually watch somebody else do it properly. So you need to think about the format and where audio is going to be most important is when somebody is traveling. So somebody's on a bike or they're on the way to work when they're actually looking for a so you're going to be in a situation where you need to think, well, am I actually suitable for this user? I mean, if it's for sending up a green screen, audio is going to be rubbish. So there's no point in having a podcast that you thought about how to put up a green screen. How to cook an amazing pork dish for your family might be a great conversation, but you need to figure out who's looking for that conversation and listening to you talking about cooking pork. And I'm only talking about that because I looked across there and cookie cook right now. So as most of us, we have very little imagination. We just look around the room and say, this, this is what I'll talk about. So from a podcast perspective, having video and audio is hugely helpful because Google digests video in priority to audio. So if you look at it from that perspective, you say, well, if I take this one piece of content and create three different formats, I'm immediately satisfying three potential we could say deliverability or suitability needs for Google to deliver to its users. And I think that's really important. Google is delivering to its users the best solution in the most efficient manner. The most efficient manner might be text, it might be audio, and it might be video. If you can provide all three, you've got the best chance possible because you're going to be hitting all three opportunities. Oh, sorry, I've got another point, which is actually to do with your your platform, which is sometimes we just want a tiny little chunk. We don't want the whole 30 minutes. We want a tiny little chunk because we want to understand one thing about one particular aspect. That's hugely powerful. This is all repurposing. It's saying, well, perhaps the user just wants to understand the temperature for the pork. I mean, it's a terrible example. I don't know why I started with this one. But if you can produce that little chunk, Google will show it because it wants it to be efficient. So if I say, what's the temperature of a cooking pork and you've got a clip for it, we're away. We're winning the game all the way down the road. And I really wish I'd started with that example. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so let's break this part down a little bit, shall we? This third pillar is what Jason calls suitability, which is suitability of your content for Google's audience. And as a podcaster, gosh, it's hard to hear that audio isn't at the top of that list, but it's not. It's superseded by text and by video. So it goes text, video, and then audio. Fortunately, Capture helps you massively on the tech side. So go on then, get onto Capture right now and start producing your text-based blog posts from your podcast. And what Jason mentioned about video is exactly how we think about videos for our podcast here at Capshow. If you haven't listened to episode 35 of this podcast, 
go and do that next. Because in that episode, I actually break down our whole strategy for YouTube videos from our podcast, which exactly ties into what Jason was saying is how Google looks at these different forms of content. Okay, so just to recap, here are the three pillars for a really effective SEO strategy for your podcast. One, understanding. Google needs to understand what it is that you do, who you're talking to, um, and what you're talking about. Two is credibility. And there are three ways that we can affect credibility. One is having guests, expert guests who are experts around the same topic as you are, having reviews on the right platforms and owning your domain name. And three, suitability. Okay, can we be creating content that Google actually prioritizes? That's text, video, and then audio. And I couldn't let Jason go without asking a really important question. One that I get asked time and time again, which is, how important is including a transcript for SEO? So if you want to get the answer to that once and for all, then please head over to the show notes and get that free bonus clip. And if you want to know more about Jason, you can go and search CaliCube, K-A-L-I-C-U-B-E, or Jason Barnard, J-A-S-O-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D. You search that and you will find exactly what you need to know about my company, CaliCube, or myself, Jason Barnard, because we have worked to craft and design that Google business card to provide you, my audience, or the CaliCube audience, with the information you need to understand what we do and what we can offer you, and the choice of how you might want to interact with us through our websites, through our social media, through the articles, through the podcast, through our academy, or through our SaaS platform. That is absolutely key. Tightening up the bottom of the funnel, which you told me, is so crucial. So many of us work on the top of the funnel. The bottom of the funnel is a mess. If we tighten up that bottom of the funnel, we will convert more users to clients or people to listeners, subscribers, and we're winning all the way. Awesome. So I've left all the information in the show notes, as well as that free bonus clip with Jason answering the question of how important a transcript is for SEO. My name is Deidre Shen. Stay awesome.